I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired, and I feel the cops going in. I, I, I just called you guys to notify you. I heard shots fired. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired. And, and maybe it's one of those things for me as, as basically a tourist flying in yeah. there, flying out. I can be like, wow, Detroit's amazing, but living day to day. Yeah. If it takes an hour and a half for a policeman to arrive, if you're getting burned totally. or fucked up, or if you can't get an ambulance. Yeah. Where there's no hospital spaces, maybe then I'm yeah. saying something. Yeah, I was at the Red Bull Music Academy a few years ago that they had in Detroit, and uh, like I was doing some interviews there, and it's funny because it was maybe four blocks from my room yeah, to yeah, the yeah. hotel, and so I would, uh, you know, they'd be like, police tape and like dead bodies and then like people be like don't worry it's fine like it's not dangerous that person knew the other person that they were killing so everyone's like it's you're uh, fine yeah really and yeah, uh yeah. but it was yeah. too much too yeah much. it was crazy but it was cool because like you know like my first night there i didn't know anyone and i just showed up and just wandering the streets of like kind of downtown and mm. trying to figure it out and um I just, like, I heard music coming out of, like, a third-story window, like, in a building that looked like it was uninhabited, and I just followed it up. I was like, whatever. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. get hurt, I don't think. <laughs> like, yeah, it'll yeah. be fine. And uh, it was, like, an amazing rolling. jazz soul band, and they were just, like, killing it, you know, and... You Detroit. You go to Detroit? Yeah, I went to Detroit for a battle that Red Bull put on in 2008, nine, some shit like that. I was in Oakland at the time, so it was either 9 or 10, and, um... I had hella money in my pocket. I lost early, but due to like hometown bias, not because I lost. So you no. lose to him. It does, he doesn't exist. He's a guy from that town that doesn't exist. Trick, but, trick. No, fuck no. <laughs> but I can tell you about that. But basically, I had hella money in my pocket, and a, they put a strip club right by our uh, our hotel room, a really nice hotel. Which and hotel were you staying at? It was at? a really nice strip club. Um, I think I was staying at the. I think we stayed at the same hotel. It was the Greek hotel, right? The Athenian. Yeah, it had like a bunch of Greek shit on it. Yeah, it was like an Athenian. It was like a really tawdry oh, replica yeah, of like yeah. the Parthenon, like a Vegas style. Yeah, but it yeah, really yeah. like yeah. dilapidated. Yeah, and there was I, I thought well, about the hotel going to that wasn't club. dilapidated. The hotel was, it was nice. Pretty they put us in good rooms. Red Bull treated us nice, but <laughs> you know, I went and like I was around the battle rap, and like I realized that like this is why I had to stop battling because nobody had any money, and I was just like, make it rain, trick, and I was just wilding out. And, and everybody was just like, I hate you. And, and not like I had a lot of money, but I had enough to get like a couple lap dances and buy a couple drinks, you know? And, and that's my Detroit story. And that's yeah, yeah. My, Did you go to the Motown Museum at least? Fuck no. Have you been to the Motown Museum? No. It's great. I, next time you're in Detroit, I recommend going. There's so much good music from Detroit. It's like yeah. what, the MC5 Stooges come from Detroit, yeah. Sun Ra. Totally. Um, it goes back. White Stripes, you know, in this generation. Really? Yeah, like White Stripes. The, the band The Dirt Bombs are from oh, there. It's yep. crazy. The Vaughn Bondies were popping for a minute until Jack White broke his face. Do you ever see the photo where Jack White got oh. in a fight? It's kind of amazing. He produced his so album. Jack White can, has got a fist on him. Jack White's big. Like, no, he's like about like, 16, 220. No, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gotta, you gotta Google Jack White Vaughn yeah. Bondies because the guy, they took photos of him. I mean, he's His face destroyed. is destroyed. And like Jack White in typical Joe was like, it was a matter of respect. <laughs> it's like some kind of. Um, no, that's so dark. Dark. you grew up in in Weymouth, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like there's a in all the things I've read about you, like a handsome dicks is the name of the record store that oh, you were. Shit, you've gone in deep. Jim. What <laughs> yeah. the hell? I didn't expect. I'm this. in a nardwar. I thought America. Wait, I thought this America. Check this out. Wait. This First off, yeah, I, not. Uh, I don't usually pause, bro. Yeah, with a but handsome when we dicks, say handsome dicks, and then the next line is you've gone in deep. <laughs> that's just hilarious. That sounds wrong. Yeah, you're right. I'm a real. <laughs> it sounds very wrong, but yeah, yeah, I'm impressed by your research. I, in America, it can remain at a somewhat superficial level sometimes. Do you get a bunch of really bad interview questions? Yeah. Not just America, generally. I mean, you can always, you, within minutes, you can tell if someone's bothered to research or if someone's just doing it as a paying job. Totally. You know? And the paying jobs are frustrating because yeah. you just get asked the, the dumbest questions and yeah. you're expected... To, to, to give considerate answers when it's 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 insane. You're you're in a no. What, it's what, staggering. What would, what would you say is the like, best advice for people when they get that get the paid job? Like, what would you do? Like, no. What do you do now as a as an experienced like guy that gets interviewed? The thing is, I worked as a journalist for a while, so I, I know it, what a journalist is looking for if they're a good journalist. And I I just feel if someone's getting paid to do a job, they should do the job. I get paid. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's it, not that hard to Google. No, it's not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in it's the not old rocket days, science. You had to yeah, yeah. like. Let's not complain. No, it was my really hard was to do research. Yet. Hold on. Okay. Let's not be like back in the so day of Kittle the Elder. But even in like 2003, uh, like I'd be like, I want to know about Aesop Rock or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't find anything. Yeah, yeah, true. But true, so true. I'm saying, like, what 
what do you do when you're in the situation when you're with a journalist with, that doesn't know shit about you because he didn't choose to... You know, I find it really study. hard to hide my contempt in those situations. I would have okay. exactly the you same know, way. I'm probably not the right person to ask. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's some people who are very diplomatic and I'm not really one of those people. Well, that's what I want to know. I, I appreciate the, the fucking not hiding your contempt. I yeah, what do you do that. when you... you we, you're telling me, it's like you're like, I'm getting asked the same... We just put out an album earlier this year. Okay, and cool. the congratulations. Same. What do I do? I don't know, man. I don't like, uh, I like, I, I, I don't get enough, like, I, I, I haven't gotten, got enough of it to fucking get annoyed at it. It was just during my record. Oh, no, no, no. They kept asking me a bunch of fucking battle rap shit. And, um, you know, I was just sad, really. I didn't really, I didn't react any sort of way. I was just sad, you know, <laughs> just because it's like, this is information you want to know. And it's like, I'm a human being and I have yeah. like, like, if you listen to the record, there's things that I talked about that actually are, like, maybe valuable to another human being yeah, versus, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. valuable on, a, like, a critical level or, like, if you want to just know some fucking gossip or some, like, who would you hang out with or some yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. you might want to know that, well, but... it's interesting because the American media has basically become the British media. Like, the Fleet Street model yeah, of yeah, what yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was... You know, and now America, like, everything is, like, kind of, like, the Fleet Street. Pavarazzi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got you, got you. Whereas, at first, you know, like, even ten years ago, it was like, whoa, you don't do that. That's maybe Star Magazine or OK, like, yeah, the American yeah, yeah. versions. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. it's true, everything. True. I don't even watch the news. I just watch TMZ. Keep yeah, you know what? Manga's coming over, come over with me this time. And yeah. this is Manga's first trip, really, across the States. And I think we'd only been here a couple of days. And he was like, yo... American TV sucks. I can't even watch it. Yeah. And I remember we came over here with Techno Animal the year of the Twin Towers, and that mm. was my first tour. And we were getting put into the nastiest hotels. Oh, yeah. With the worst choice of cable selection. Yeah. And we ended up just watching the... The only TV we'd have on would be the Weather Channel. Because mm -hmm. it was the only channel that made any sort of sense to us whatsoever that was <laughs> yeah. in front of us, you know? And especially traveling alarming. through the country and seeing how individually fucked up every region gets. Yeah. And like, you guys really... <laughs> You guys really love police chases down here. <laughs> Over here, you guys yeah, yeah. really love fucking, yeah, you know, bar yeah, fights. Yeah, yeah, Over yeah. here, you guys really love, like, white-collar crime. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. And they always put the worst shit at the top, like, yeah, at the course, very beginning. Of course, of course. And it's so depressing. And the... the L.A. was just, like, gang shit for, like, the 90s. It was just, like... Because, but that was impressive. You learned a lot, though. <laughs> they were, like, they were really in-depth with their journalism. It's just gotten worse. I mean, yeah. as a journalist, it's it's pretty embarrassing yeah, to call yeah. yourself a journalist. And when I was lucky, I used to write for a magazine called The Wire, which still oh, yeah, 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 The Wire. And that yeah. was one of the few magazines that yeah. allowed in-depth articles. Yeah. You know, the, the problem is most magazines now and most culture now is exists on a surface level. You know, yeah. it's like you're made to feel like a nerd if you want to go in deep on anything. You know? Yeah. Like well, I feel that's you, always the most, like, derogatory. Like, I always got really annoyed when people would use the word, like, rap nerd, as though, like, yeah. just, like... There's a difference, like, just because you, like, like something and want to learn more about something doesn't necessarily mean it's nerdy. I didn't even know I was a nerd until the next girl told me, you're a nerd. And then I was like, <laughs> shit, you're right, I am a nerd. You know? I mean, but, like... <laughs> it's funny because, like... Like, that is... When you're in, when you're a kid, when you're younger, yeah, yeah. being a nerd isn't cool. Like, yeah, but yeah. when you get to these certain ages and you start to see people like that have no passions, be like, I'm just gonna get a fucking motorcycle. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fucking get a drug. They do something else. Like, you, everybody needs something to nerd nerd out on. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah, nerd, nerd for me is about passion and it's about obsession. You mm -hmm. know, and for me, those things never get old. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times what you're talking about is people lose their edge. Yeah. And they just. They, they give in, they surrender to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, there's a, an ongoing battle with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as far and you as just I'm concerned, kill life. Yeah, fuck of course. life. You've got one. You've got you've got you've got one battle on this planet. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that, I'm, I intend to go out fighting. You yeah. Know, and that's, that's well, I was saying that actually about uh, we were talking about run the jewels earlier, yeah. and I was saying that like I wrote a kind of thing about why Mike and LP are still you know they're about to be forty, they're thirty nine. Yeah. And they're still relevant, and they're still making great music. And I think it's like a lot of it is retaining that kind of like that feeling of like when you were a child, when you were mad at things, and you're still mad at things, and you're you don't like the way that something is. And like yeah. I feel like yeah, you know, for I'm, me, there's fire in my belly. Yeah. All the music that ever meant anything to me had fire in its belly. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you look at um, reggae in the '70s, free jazz in the late '60s, punk music in in the '70s, hip hop in the the '80s. All of it was born out of unrest and being basically pissed off with your situation, you know. Yeah. 
I think so much now is about a pacification program totally. where you, 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 you've got this facade of luxury. Yeah. You know, as long as you can choose between 20 different types of tortilla chips, you know, you're totally. meant to be happy with life. I don't there's think that, that doesn't sit... There's 20 different types of tortilla chips? Yeah, I've just been to Mexico. There's like 30,000 versions <laughs> down there. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just, for me, um, passion is important, you know. Yeah. And, and, of course, in some ways it's made to be unfashionable. You know, I think there's a cynicism involved in the music industry which is my enemy you know yeah. as far as i'm concerned you know if, if you, why if, is that though because it's it's commodity culture and yeah. it's meant to be next 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 yeah, yeah you know look i'm i'm guilty of always wanting next yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm as guilty as the next man i always like freshness you know that comes yeah. from love of hip-hop love of reggae yeah. but at the same time it's the cynicism i can't mm. abide by it's like if you don't like what you're doing, get another fucking job. You yeah, know, yeah, this yeah. is what I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a dream to be able to do what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and that hasn't changed. You know, every every day is special for me. Every moment is special. Yeah. yeah. I like the quote I read about you, where you're talking about dance hall, and I kind of it's something I felt kind of about rap for a while, and it was where it was like you were basically like, I don't mind the use of auto tune as a, auto tune as a tool. Mm -hmm. Like it's interesting, but when it comes to the point where it just becomes homogenized, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's like, and I feel like that's sort of like what. You know, I mean, but that's just the fucking flow of things, right? If some somebody does something, it's cool. It up. It's then somebody else does it. It's a little bit cooler. Somebody else does it, and then they fucking make it like oh, I think every this is this is how you do it, right? And then everything after that is like people emulating. That I think less money in music bored of it. makes people less likely to take risks, though, because there's less oh, of yeah. the size of the pie. But conversely, I mean, I think people do because when I there is nothing for me, to it's lose. a problem's formula. Yeah. As soon as a formula is in place, yeah. that's when things become stale. You know, yeah. the, the best possible route is someone who's a pioneer in any route. You yeah. know, I've said it in many times in interviews. Ninety-five percent of all music is shit done for the wrong reasons. There's five percent pioneer in every type of music. Yeah, give but or that's, take. Well, that's why King. Like, that's that's, <laughs> that's what I want to ask about too, King though. Tubby. Yeah. That's everything too, though, right? That's yeah, like, yeah. If you say like sports or some shit, like you know, yeah, of course. You only have your fucking, you know, you only have your creme de la creme. Yeah. Then everybody else is, you know, fucking trying to do what the creme de la creme do but you know yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not as effectively because it all, and it, then it just zeroes back to fucking passion yeah yeah like that 100% you know 100% so. 100% yeah what do you think what I wanted to ask something you said made me think about this and I asked this to LP you know like like the music is I think you said something about how you know your biggest thing with the, with the in, uh, problems with with the industry and how it's like a commodity culture yeah yeah like, I was like, why would you do something to change it personally? Like, you know, would you do something to go into it and, like, fix it? Like, if I asked LP specifically, I was like, would you, uh, would you produce Miley Cyrus's next record? You know, he was like, no, fuck that. And I was like, that's kind of interesting, you know? <laughs> but... I'm willfully obscure, you know. I had the mm. chance to work with the Sugar Cubes. I don't know who they are. <laughs> They're an it's English pop band. Group. Okay. Like top five all girl pop band. Yeah, and yeah. my lawyer at the time was their manager. Oh. And she wanted them to try something different. And yeah. at the same time, I'd been in contact with um, MIA's first manager. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he had contacted me, come round to my house. Mm. Everyone I knew said, MIA's biting your style. Check out her first single, what? Galang. She wanted. So I get a call from her manager saying, mm. let's come and meet MIA we want you to work on our first record mm -hmm. and I um, <laughs> I, I got before, I did my groundwork I was asking people I was like who's MIA yeah. I found a single and I dug it it was cool even if I felt yeah there were similarities but I was like okay I want to meet her you know and um, no matter who I asked everyone was like she's hot she's hot never talk or discussion about her lyrics her voice or anything yeah so when I finally met her, I thought, yeah, she's okay, she's cool, yeah. you know. And then her manager said he wanted to come around to my spot to um, to check out any new rhythms I had that might be appropriate. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fuck it. She yeah. hadn't blown up then. She was she was just a one single. It's like the piracy white label person. Era, kinda, yeah. It was even before that. Oh, wow. It was literally the first white label that oh, anyone wow. knew about. And basically, he came around to my house. He I played in the rhythms which he was jerking off about, and he then says to me, "Are you still working with Warrior Queen?" Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. yeah, why, why? Of course I am. She's, yeah. she's like, she's, she's, she's tight. You know, yeah. she's my, my tour MC. He said, why, why'd you bother? And I was like, what? And he said, well, she's too old, she's too fat. You know, and I was like, what? You know, and yeah. in my mind, I was just like, get out of here. Yeah. You know, and he contacted me after the meeting and wanted me to work with MIA, and I turned it down. 
the same way as I turn sugar cubes down. Yeah. I'm not saying all pop shit. Yeah. You know, there's pioneers in pop music. Totally. Look at Timberland. Look at Missy Elliott. Yeah. You know, look, look at, at motherfucking this, this, this Quincy Jones. That's the that's my my hero in pop music is mm. Quincy Jones. Because mm. mm. I, I look, very original. Uh, yeah, I know. Fuck you. But I mean, I've I never heard a rapper shit. tell me that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've been like, I'm, I've been in the most obscure shit, but I look at like, Yo, he's like amazing. The, you know, once a dude that's like, that's been through the shit, yeah. gets it, and then they get their hands on the fucking Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah of course. They, yeah, yeah. I, they really changed. Like, I just interviewed know? him, and he was basically he was talking about how like everyone was like, oh, so they told Michael Jackson like, don't work with Quincy Jones. Mm. He's too old. He's too into jazz. Yeah, He's gonna yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And uh, obviously, and then he was just I like, then records. you get the fucking, you get the jazz, and you get the fucking blues, and then you get the soul. You get all that in this kid that has like amazing talent, and you don't get like. I mean, who was also from a music family, but you get the perfect storm like that, man. See, your first musical love was like the post-punk stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was very much, mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I ever bought was a 7-inch by Discharge, which was mm -hmm. a punk yeah. uh, punk band from the UK. Um, <laughs> and then from then on in, it was just like, the more fucked up, the better. Yeah. In terms of musically, structurally, mm -hmm. uh, the less it made sense, the more I loved it. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. life didn't make a lot of sense to me at that yeah. time. Yeah. And then the the music I got into most was through John Peel, a, yeah. a famous radio DJ, and he would be transmitting. Um, he would play if he was obsessed by a reggae album. He would play the full reggae album every night for seven days. Wow! On the radio, on, on live British BBC <laughs> Radio One. You know, don't get ne Yeah, it's no, crazy. And next to he'd be playing it next to a lot of post punk stuff. Yeah. And for me, I I don't know why I, I can't articulate it, but. I, there was something in, in reggae that I liked as much as something in punk music. And they were almost... Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, The Clash were obviously... Yeah, like exactly. But I didn't really like... At that yeah. time, I didn't like The Clash. Yeah. But what I liked was bands like Killing Joke, Public Image Limited, totally. uh, Throbbing Gristle, Grass. Yeah. Well, yeah, that pub, the Metal Box <laughs> record's pretty dubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of those players, the yeah. bass line was the lead yeah. instrument. Yeah. You know, and the bass was inspired yeah, by reggae. Wobble, right? the yeah, his yeah, name yeah, was Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the producers were inspired by dub. So for me, it all makes sense looking back. Yeah. At the time, you navigate your path yeah. and you choose what you grab. You're like a kid just grabbing the good stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and you don't know why. But now I can articulate it because it make I can I can understand my own root. Totally. You know? Well, I mean, I feel like there's nothing as like radical sounding. Like I still remember the first time anyone played me like King Tubby, mm. and I was just like, because it's just like I, I was oh, of course totally very high. It was my yeah. drug dealer's place when I was in yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't but, go to college, didn't smoke weed around that time. Well, I was listening to the outsiders, so was I. From that but then stage. I discovered that, and it just you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, I mean, when you first hear dub, uh, it just sounds like a series of mistakes. Yeah, yeah like, well, why has the voice been pulled out through half a word? Yeah, and it's going through this strange effect that makes it repeat again and again and again, like you're going mental, you know. And for me, that was the joy, you know, with, with Justin and uh, Roger from Kim, Justin from Tech, Techno Animal Godflesh. Mm -hmm. Roger from King Midas sound. The highest compliment we give anything is what the fuck, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, yeah. where the jaw's on the floor, yeah. you know? And for me, it's, it's that. It's like, what? What is that? You know, and a lot of stuff I ended up loving the most is stuff when I first hear it, I'm really not at all sure about. Yeah, yeah. You me know, too, it, yeah. it challenges you. It's like, what? I'm not sure what I make of that, but there's something in it that makes me want to revisit well, it again have you, and again. Have you heard this kid, McConan? He's like the new kid, club no. going up on a Tuesday. No. First time I heard it, I was like, this is the like I was. It was one of those things where I was like, eh, this is, and Young Thug, I would probably put in that category too. Yeah, where you're like, this yeah. is either brilliant or you, what you think it's trash. Nah, I love the Young Thug the first time I heard it. McConan, I still think it's kind of trash, but I think it's cute. I think, I think it's, it's like the Hello Kitty. It's like very oh, amateur, like D uh, DIY. <laughs> he's almost like. Well, it was funny because it's just interesting how influences work because you he's he's got like he's like he's like a like a crooner in a rap medium. So I, mm. I was asking him about the Smiths when I interviewed him, and he's like, oh, I've never listened to the Smiths, and I was like. The Killers, and he's like, "That's my favorite band," and I'm like, "It's kind of funny because he got—he sounds more like the Smiths, but like, mm. I don't really like the Killers at all." But so this is a rapper that sounds like Morrissey. He kind of has like a Morrissey thing well, going that's on. Mental. Yeah, yeah that's mental. That's and mental uh, but then Drake signed him and co-opted him for all of his cool points. Oh, so Manga's a, a mad obsessive about Drake. Really? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me all these melancholy rappers he that come along. He yeah, is yeah. a big Drake fan as well. Yeah, I mean, don't don't say I'm a big Drake <laughs> fan. I like, people, I like people who rap good, you know? Yeah, I like yeah. people who have, I don't think he raps. who have the technical aspect. What are you talking about he doesn't rap good? We can, no, I don't think he raps He good. does some amazing, amazing things. And he's like dancing around those beats. Like, it's, it's hard. If he didn't come up with those cadences, it's hard to imagine those cadences being created first. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think he steals a lot of cadences, though, too. 
And sometimes he steals them and perfects them, and maybe does. Yeah, but that's that's the nature of for yeah. me. That's the nature of hip hop. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like grab, snatch, and improve. Yeah, you know, really. Yeah. Um, I just don't like him. If this yeah. what it comes down to. I don't know. It's hard to sometimes like when sometimes when the image is I think paramount. We have a, we have a conversation every on this podcast every episode. Every episode, we should we just get this go on it's every episode. Battle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or was it about Drake? I don't want to hear. I'll be honest shit. with you. And I said to Matt, like to Mango, I'm not. I'm, I haven't been really caught by him. If anything, the, the weekend was of more interest to me. Yeah. The first mixtape by the weekend, was I good. was blown away by. Yeah. Yeah. But I've realized now that's as much to do with the producer that got. That guy Zodiac is. Yeah, like, he's yeah, great. Yeah. And I think when he went, they got less interest. That's exactly how I feel yeah. too. You know. But what I liked about the weekend was the dude, just seen, because Roger from King Midas Sound hated the, the weekend with yeah. passion and. And try, <laughs> try to limit my, my conversation yeah. about them in interviews. And um, I was just like, you know what? This dude's obsessed about sex, drugs, and violence. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't argue with that because he went so f- far into it. Yeah. You know? And it was like, this seemed to go beyond just like name checking or bigging yourself up or ego. It just seemed like, like a compulsive a de- disorder. A you know? truly depraved. Yeah, like yeah, very yeah. Freddie yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It was, it, it almost seemed like. It seemed, and it's so funny because I don't, like, chicks really love it, but it seemed yeah, like like he's screaming for help on every song. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, you know, take me to rehab. Yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, you know, true. Like, like, It's that balance of vulnerability and, and, like, ego. Yeah. And Drake, for me, personally, I feel he overdoes it. The melancholy mm. seems like acting to me. That's how it does, yeah. You know, whereas The weekend at the beginning seemed, seemed real. And now I think he's become caricature, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I can say out of all the like the that category that that is urban contemporary, you mm. think like you think uh, Miguel, you think Frank Ocean, you think mm. uh, you know The Weeknd. Uh, you you put Jeremiah in there, you put mm. Ty Dolla Sign in there. The, out of all these guys I can name, he may not be the you know the best singer. He may not be the you know uh, the most uh, what do you say uh, the most like interesting but he's the best branded out of all those guys mm, mm, and, and turn, i think that's I think, complicated though because i think like there were people like early on that were very like i think his first manager and the guy zodiac were very influential mm-hmm. in the branding mm-hmm. and the first aesthetic and i think when he fell off is kind of when those guys left i'm gonna i'm gonna say i mean fell off in the in the in the eyes of the critics but but just still for, the sake, for the sake yeah. of the kids yeah like he's got out of all those guys he's like on pop radio, then he still has his underground shit, then he still has, or his, like, you know, his his world, and then there's, I mean, there's just, there's there's, there's a lot of room for him because his brand is so strong, mm, you know? Mm, I really mm. think that's cool about him. Yeah. So, then... I thought yeah. I was the king of tangents. Yeah. yeah. You two are even oh. better than me, you know? Oh, yeah. It's good. Well, I've met my first, t- tangential allies. When we first know? started this show, like, we, there was a, it was on this comedy network called Earwolf, which had all okay. the comedy shows, and they didn't know what yeah. to do with us, so we ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, and... Basically, they tried to they tried to have me to be the guy that would like rein him in, and I was like, "Well, oh, do you shit. know I'm yeah. such an asshole?" Yeah. And I just ramble. And uh, I'm the king of wondering. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, I mean, <laughs> I don't see the point. I don't see the point for us. You know, like we don't. Why would your podcast be organized? Yeah, we don't yeah, have exactly. podcasts. We don't have anybody to tell us what to do. We don't have anybody that ex- expects anything. <laughs> From yeah, my, my life's anti-script. Yeah. Why, why would you have a script? He was like a life? freestyle champion, yeah, yeah, and I just yeah. want to be a freestyle champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I want to be a writer. So it <laughs> makes sense. But you know, like blah blah blah. Say that I'll say. Um, fuck. So how did, structure? Let's go. So exactly. so then, did your kind of musical career kind of take off when you moved to London, or was it kind of before that? It was just necessity. You know, I, I had the choice of going north to Bristol uh-huh. or east to London. Okay, because well, like, this is like right after Ma- right Massive Attack was kind of just starting to kind oh, of. Oh no, this, that, this was. Way before then. Okay. This is Wild Bunch era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, when when Wild Bunch um, begun, for me, I just, I wasn't even that into Massive Attack, if Uh I'm honest. It's ironic now because now Daddy G's patronized me in a good way, saying that he publicly saying he thinks I'm the best DJ in in the UK, which is utter bullshit, but it's (laughs) nice for my ego, you know? But for me, it was all about tricky. Yeah. If, if if there was a choice and the yeah. first Tricky album yeah, said everything to me yeah. whereas the first Massive Attack album I ended up liking years after it was released uh-huh. you know it's like I was joking with you earlier about Bobby Schmurder. Yeah. I mean actually that's probably more due to circumstance because the minute Manga played me I was just blown away yeah. you know whereas with Massive Attack I heard it I was aware of it but 
it was so overblown and so polished. Yeah. I felt it wasn't. It didn't have much to do with my world. Huh. You know, whereas Tricky's paranoia, yeah, uh, and and abstraction and and just freshness, yeah, absolutely tied in with with with, with stuff I was interested yeah. in. You know, um, well, yeah, and obviously we were talking yeah. about RZA earlier because there's yeah. that tie, and they were doing like, of course, the, the, the tricky, great, great great diggers. tricky, tricky thing, which yeah. I loved. You know, yeah. I played a show with Tricky in Hollywood. And um, that was the weirdest green room <laughs> that I've ever been in. And uh, he's a crazy dude, man. He's oh, literally off crazy. the wall. He's off the wall. And I was like, I took three beers and just kicked it like in general pop. Like I didn't even <laughs> do it. And then uh, he opened his his show. Like, but it, it, it taught me some something about showmanship. You know what I'm saying? He opened his show by playing uh, the instrumental Dipset's "Get Crunk" music. That's awesome. And he came out <laughs> and like this fucking like. This like fur coat, but that only went to like waist length, yeah, yeah. but it was like real big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like just took a skinny dude too, yeah, like yeah, skinny yeah. dude took muscle, his shirt yeah. off and the fucking lights were coming down and the beat was going and he just fucking like bopped for like fucking like a minute. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that like I never thought of doing anything like that. <laughs> I heard a lot of Americans hating on Tricky. Yeah, a lot of American hip hop people saying the guy can't rap. Yeah, hasn't got lyrics. What? Hey man, you know, look. Well, he's got style. You know? He's style. got style and yeah. content. Yeah, because yeah. actually he's an amazing lyric. Writer. Well, I think yeah. British, yeah. Uh, like you know the stuff. He's a huge grime fan. Mm-hmm. No can do it. See, that's another thing. That's yeah. only recent. I, I remember a time when I would mention grime to to rappers that would come over from the states, mm-hmm. and they'd just be dissing all British MCs, yeah. Yeah. saying they're yeah. weak ass variations of a better art form in America. Whereas for me, grime is is revolutionary in the UK totally. you know, for me to be able to work with people like uh, Flodan Mango or have Rico or Trim knocking on my door yeah. it's an honour yeah. it's like the equivalent of having Method Man Ghostface uh, ODB knocking on your door you know for me Grime completely tore up London when I f- went to the first Roll Deep shows I was seeing uh, and just Grime shows generally I'd be seeing kids jump on stage punch an MC an MC jump in and his crew jump into the crowd and have the wildest fights and the, and the energy like I can remember Roll Deep playing at Fabric with about it felt like 13 or 15 MCs on stage all grabbing the ma- mic every 8 bars and f- really? it was like insanity I, I, uh, and the I'm production a- too that's even before you start talking yeah. about the production you know so I was introduced to uh, Grime. I went to uh, England with um, my boy Subtitle in 05, 04, something like that. Mm. And um, and the year before, like, or, you know, like, I think it was early 05, and then maybe like six months before, he put me up on the stuff. And so I went through all the uh, all the tracks I can get my hands on, all the videos I can see. I was just big into, like, battle videos and freestyle mm-hmm. videos and all that. So that just fit in, fit in there, but... I can say that most Americans didn't like, you know, didn't they didn't they they have one excuse for fucking not liking it. They're like because I don't like their accents, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Well, it's just it's just but, not knowing the vocabulary. More often it's than another not, language. Like, I don't know what they're way. talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but the, when I, I first heard even the academy, that's, crazy, a, that's like, a rap thing though because in New York they hated on the West Coast guys, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then after that everyone shit fucking the happens, shit. Yeah. then everyone hated on the fucking South, right? Yeah. And so to me, I feel like London. And they still hate like yeah. is like you know like the fourth coast in a way or like mm. or the the, uh, the the one region in the English speaking world. There's even the fucking broad from fucking Australia that's actually like kicking ass right now. <laughs> but, in a uh, southern yeah fake yeah, accent. yeah, yeah. But but you know what I'm trying to say like England that you know they haven't had that that dude yet you know and I feel like it's about the person that can well they uh, tried Tiny Tempo was like deliver. nah I wouldn't call him grime but, he, but they like tried the, that was well he's a grime dude, Lady Sovereign I remember, they tried I, used to, I remember watching old videos of Tiny Tempo on, on some freestyle shit and be like oh that's tight but like he was more like a flow rider yeah, a, a guy a that was like rider. I'm an underground rapper exactly. that learned the pop shit you yeah. know or that has yeah, a pop okay. record or like a, a Wiz Khalifa almost totally but like my, my fucking UK dude which I'm pretty sure a lot of people people agree with me right now is Skepta I feel like Skepta Skepta's a Don yeah he's he's basically he knows about hooks he knows about lyrics mm. he's got a sense of purpose yeah you know he's mad driven in terms of aesthetic art and business you and know? that's that's what it's gonna take it needs mm. that you know you need that Scarface from the south or you need that you know that fucking Ice Cube you need that one guy that makes the fucking guys over there say nah I don't yeah, know well, how, how did and, uh, Dizzy Rascal go down over here Dizzy what did people Rascal? think of Dizzy Rascal? Dizzy Rascal he had a, was I thought, I thought he was. I thought he. he I thought he hit, hit hard over here. Not that hard. It hit. Huh? It's cold. It oh, hit hard oh. over here, but it hit hard like that shit hit like 
a good underground record yeah. here. Yeah. So like Dizzy Rascal over here played at the at the time when that was blowing up, he was playing the same venues as like an atmosphere or an Aesop Rock okay. or something like he that. He was on death It wasn't like stadium, you mean? No. Yeah. Not that stadium, but like yeah. main like like He wasn't like even like large theater. Like he was a, like club underground club. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. the equivalent like, like I wanna see capacity. a dude like do what like Waka Flocka does. Yeah. Or what what, you know, Gucci did, like where Well I think the beats are really radical too, even now. Yeah. I mean I like some of the instrumental grime stuff that's coming out, like the you know, box crew and all that stuff. Yeah, is, that's different. The funny thing for me is I speak to Flowdown or Manga uh-huh. about that stuff. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, the stuff that sounds like old Wiley stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I'm trust me, I think Mr. Mitch is amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. I think uh, Bloom is really good. Yeah. Slack's really good. Yeah, I, Slack I, I'm is, interested in Slack that, that great, stuff. Yeah. But still, it is so related to what Wiley was doing at his peak. Yeah. I'm sad that Wiley's concentrated less on production and more on, on, on lyric. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I find him compulsive. You know, yeah. he's this this random dude who just follows his own path and doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put like 10 albums in 10 like. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like he's, I've just heard that he presented Ninja with an album, said, I want to release this on Monday. And it came out on Monday, Digital <laughs> what? Release. What? Yeah, it just came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with no, no, no pre-bullshit anything. Yeah. And for me, I'm intrigued by people like that. Yeah. And just the spirit of grime is what I know, you know, like Rico and Flodan, for instance, heavily inspired by... Um, Jamaican music totally. and Jamaican heritage you know obviously and for me Flowdown right now I, I can barely think of a better MC in the UK yeah. you know and I feel he's only just beginning to peak yeah. and I would listen to him over 99% of American MCs yeah. if you want to go like mm. coast versus coast you yeah. know and he just he won't get the merits because he's not pop and I've talked to him at length and he and I both feel that rather than go down a route where you sell yourself short by pretending to be something you're not, you play to your strengths. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what he's doing. And it takes longer, but I think it's more like, you yeah. ultimately have like fans that have a lot more dedication like, to you. Well, look at LP. I think LP is yeah, a classic example. example of that. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, it's like, of course, I can appreciate, we were talking about Buster Rhymes earlier, I can yeah. appreciate a pop personality yeah. who's got flair and technique and lyric and flow, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm always drawn to the underground because yeah. that's where fires start. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and I think that, that as far as I'm concerned, if I can find new voices who've got passion and who've got a reason to exist, mm-hmm. you know, I made music out of terror. I didn't make music because it was a career move. Yeah. I made it because I was incapable of doing anything else. I had no <laughs> career opportunities totally. on the horizon whatsoever. Yeah. I dropped out of college because I discovered drugs and girls and music, and I had no intention mm-hmm. of getting a job. You know, at that time, it, the politics of punk were anti-capitalist, anti-boss, do your own shit, independence, trust no one. Yeah, independent well, this is probably movement. the height of Thatcher, right? You yeah, know, exactly, England, exactly. Yeah. And the, la- the last thing that I was personally interested in was going down that route. So I'm always interested in some malignant, anti-social motherfucker who wants <laughs> to hate everything and everyone and see how he verbalizes it. Yeah. And there's very little of that in hip-hop right now that I hear, you know? there's It's a disenfranchised, instead of talking about what you love, whether it be money prestige, whatever, I like to hear people just go in hard and heavy and, and talk about what they hate. That's what I was talking about with you before, right? Like, I was like, uh, there's a kid named Chester Watson, he's like, my, he's like my favorite young rapper, he's 17 years old, and he like, he will email sometimes, because like, he hit me up out of the blue one day, he was like, you won't regret this, he was 16 years old, mm-hmm. and you know, like, Twitter links, like, that's always, it always turns I've, out I've to be... i checked some of Chester Watson, turns, in fact, I think I discovered him through your site. Yeah. It, it usually turns out to be bullshit, but I was like, whoa, this kid's yeah, great, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he just hates everything, and I really respect that, because then I was, and you were like, I don't know if that's good, and I was like, what were you like at 17? You're like I hated everything. <laughs> He's like I hated everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I, 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 uh, I like a balance, man. I like a balance of like the pretty and the. I like. So I I'm like, anti-balance. I like I'm the completely dumb, opposite. <laughs> and I like the smart. Sometimes I like. I like to find that middle because, and this didn't really happen until more recently because I think I was really, really into like, uh, you know, the un- underground, like the underground as as I knew it, you know. But then I started to meet more of the dudes that I was like fans of, and they really just made me say, "Why?" Did, like, I think meeting like Talib Kweli made me be like, mm. "Oh, you fuck!" Like, <laughs> fuck all that shit you sold me on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like, 
you know, or and, and then like as you as as I went through. How many like, people have had stories about Talib Kweli? Where they're like, everybody. I have a story about Talib Kweli. I'm like, man, Talib Kweli, you made me not like. Like I remember, yeah. like one of my friends still makes fun of me. He's like, you said once that Talib Kweli will never sell out. Yeah. I was like, I was at college. Yeah, but then no, also, like I said earlier, I'm not like anti overground. Totally. Yeah. This is um, yeah. amazing people at work in the overground. Yeah. I'm just saying, me personally, I just know that I like to see where, where stuff we'll begins. Where it begins. It's just the cool genesis when you, of well, ideas. Mainstream stuff is know? cool when they're doing it on their own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just lame when you see someone that has like an originality and like a spark and then they just conform. And I think that's like ultimately what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, the stories like I, I heard that Miss Dynamite, I don't know if you know aware of yeah. her over mm-hmm. here, yeah. but like her first. Her first single, I think it was her first single, Boo. Amazing, incredible, chatting, melodically, intensely, heavily inspired by Jamaican mm-hmm, rhyme yeah. patterns. And I heard that when she got signed to a major, the label basically censored her spitting. Yeah. And just said she had to sing. Yeah. You know, and, the, the, and that, these people don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah, about, of course, though. Of course. And of it's, course. it's almost some And that's not to say shit. she's a bad singer. Yeah. It's just to say, you know what? You're fighting a control mechanism all the time, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the music industry, I'm always aware that money and music aren't good bedfellows. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. problems in well, that. Interesting. I just did a story. About it, I feel like it's bad. Like, the reason why the music industry sucks, because I, I think about any kind of fucking. I just think about farming, right? Mm-mm-mm. You know, a fucking orange tree grows. And you take the orange, and then you take a fucking, you peel it, you eat the orange, you be like, man, that's good. Everybody that lives around this fucking orange tree likes the taste of this orange, right? But then when you fucking take it and you process it, instead of just planting more fucking orange trees or telling the orange tree to, like, you know, do better of what it already does, you fucking take this shit and you turn it into a fucking avocado. And, <laughs> you know, like... That's, that's I wouldn't have even thought of that analogy. Well, but that's, that's a good one. That's, trust no, me, that's a good he's one. He's good at the analogy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what that's they do. That's a good left... That's a, that's a what-the-fuck uh, analogy. Yeah. yeah, I like it. But that's like what they it. fucking do. It's like, okay, yeah. we have you we, you... we signed you because you're perfect. Yeah. yeah. We're going to fucking put this money in you. Yeah, yeah. So, but now that you're out here... The, the fucking engineer you were working with, that fucking kid that mm. fucking lived down the street from your mom, who that you met at fucking community college, yeah. fuck that guy. He's out. Yeah. So your your sound off top, your sound is it's fucking just polishing gone. something that needn't get polished. Well, we were talking about yeah. the. I was talking it's about the YG that. record. Did you hear the YG record? No, I didn't. I didn't. It's it's a really good like West Coast gangster rap mm-hmm. record. It's like a party record. Mm-hmm. But it was like, probably the only untampered major label rap album mm. this year where you didn't listen to it and like. You know, like, every major label rap album mm. that came out this year, like, I think, like, three, four good songs and, like, a mm, bunch mm. of crap, but mm. that was the only one that felt like an actual start-to-finish album, mm, and I just mm. did a big story on kind of why ma- the major label hip-hop albums on the, on the decline, mm, and mm. I interviewed the A&R that did it, this guy Sycamore, he's a really sharp guy, and he was like, yeah, he's like, it took a lot of balls, he's like, because if we didn't do that, he's like, if it bricked, we'd get fired, but they just mm. got lucky, Buster became a huge producer, mm, the mm, single mm, went platinum, and then they mm. kind of got the leeway to kind of do it, but mm. it, uh... I mean, no. Everyone's scared to get fired. So those major don't. label dudes are all old as fuck, and they don't leave their fucking houses, and they don't leave. They only go to the fucking mm. office. There's no, and like the kids that work there, the people that are my age, and I can just say this personally, even them, they're like, they're like, oh, I'm getting married now, or they're like fucking, they're on, they're in fucking Vegas, they're fucking, they're on the corporate teat, you know. Mm-hmm. So like their edge, that. Every every quarter they're in there, their edge goes away. Yeah, I agree. And I agree they're 100%. afraid to fucking say to these guys who cut the checks, hey, um, I'm right about something. Look, I can tell you that for me personally, I've met very few, and I mix in different circles probably, mm. but most artists I don't, I, 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 I'm friends of, mm. don't own houses. Mm-hmm. People at labels own houses. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yeah, for me, fundamentally, you're looking at a difference there and then, you know. Yeah. You either operate at a street level where you just trying to make ends meet yeah. and that is reflected in in the music you make yeah. or you're in a comfortable level and you're all about maintaining comfort yeah you know i like discomfort and yeah. i like what it throws up do i want to live comfortably of course i do everyone wants you know you you need to know that your rent's paid every month mm-hmm. you know a lot of people at labels get that and are doing it for that reason yeah for some reason i have an inability to make those decisions that, that allow me that comfort yeah, you know yeah, yeah. if 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 there's been any knock on effect that my stuff's been been accepted it's almost been directly uh, at odds with my my 
my inclination, you know. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, it's it's not that I think. But then it's natural. Yeah. Exactly. If it's like I didn't try to do this, but it happened. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I was gonna ask this was totally out of the left field question, but uh, it kind of there's a connection because it was just such like an abrasive hard record. What did you think of Yeezus? Because obviously he's taking a lot of. I was talking to, to Manga about you. Yeah, it's taking a lot of sounds that I feel like you I think, I think it's a before. fascinating record. It is you fascinating, know? I know yeah. some people despise... What I like about it more than anything is how it divides people. Yeah. Some people <laughs> who I thought would go crazy for it are just hating on it from a, a yeah. large height. Yeah. And other people who, who I wouldn't expect are like, whoa, that's, that's incredible. And yeah, you're right. A lot of people mentioned it to me saying, oh, he's aware of your shit or his producers sure. are. Yeah. Or, or the, I know some engineers, con- they're... They go pretty deep. Like, yeah. they're, they're really deep. Well, the Weekends engineers sent me a message mm. when the first mixtape came out, bigging up Catcher Fire, a, oh, track, wow. a video I did somewhere. So I know that these people are aware, and I know yeah. the producers that they hired. But he, what's interesting to me about Jesus is he took chances, you know? And you could say corporate this, corporate totally. that. But he, he risked a, a form of commercial suicide totally. in a situation where he could have carried on just comfortably cruising. You know, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that record is it, it has its faults. You yeah. know, and I'm personally not particularly into his flow. Yeah. I don't. I. I don't. I'm not particularly feeling his lyrics on a yeah. regular basis. Yeah. But he'll make me stop in my tracks, and I'll say, "Wow, did he really say that?" You yeah. Know? And that, that, that's that's valuable for me. That's really yeah. Valuable. I mean, like that's the thing. Like when you, we you, first, you what the fuck about it? Yeah. yeah exactly. When we first heard it, we were like doing like a podcast, and I, like it just came out. And I was like, "This is trash. Like this yeah, is so yeah, bad." Yeah, yeah. And then like like still like I think a lot of the lyrics still are pretty bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he will say something where you'll be like, "Wow, you just said that on a major label rap album as the most popular rapper in the world," and that takes a lot of balls. Yeah, and too. just going back from me personally to the other side of the Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, when he said George Bush doesn't like black people yeah. as a statement on nationwide TV in the States, mm-hmm. that was pretty revolutionary from mm-hmm. where I was sitting over oh, there. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, you need balls to do that because yeah. you don't know what's coming after you say something like that on public TV. You totally. know? And I think he's, he's a, he's, he's a um, fascinating dude, you know, yeah. and I think some of his lyrics are incredible. You know, yeah. I, I don't think you, you say you thought, you thought his whole album was trashy? Or no, 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 no. I, I thought the beats were pretty great. I thought uh, it was very original. I liked it. I thought some of the lyrics were kind of stupid and like not in. I know that like, it was kind of intentionally stupid, kind of trolling. Mm-hmm. But I thought like it could have been a little more clever. Like in my my, my I, I think Kanye is really great at communicating. I don't I don't think like, I like it because he starts arguments. Yeah, like like, like when you talk totally. to people about him, you know that's that's cool. Yeah, you know. I, well, I, I don't I, think it, being clever is his. I don't think being he had like some really clever lyrics clever. when Rhymefest is, you know, or like with the early guys. Some of that shit was pretty clever. Yeah. But I, I thought it was actually his Tyler the Creator album was mm. the way I interpreted it. Was mm-hmm. you know because like I interviewed Tyler the Creator and he's like Kanye calls me all the time and like to me like I was like huh and like he's like so, yeah I know some people that say that's it was like, a fake album a fake revolutionary album it was a a fake difficult album yeah. it was just him getting kudos out of doing a left turn totally mm-hmm. who knows I ain't yeah. got a clue but I well, just know there's some tracks on there I liked and I, I lyrics I thought yeah. were interesting and there's a lot of hip hop that I, I can't say that about Ultimate. yeah know? that's what I'm saying I, I just respect the fact that it was like anyone that will make such an abrasive record when mm. like this whole machine, this whole building, your manager, your agent, everybody at the label is trying to push you in, like, mm. make another, like, flashing lights, or, yeah, you know, exactly, make another, exactly, like, good life. Exactly, exactly. And then you're like, I'm going to give you new slaves. Yeah, yeah, but you have yeah. to respect that. The yeah. people that work work with him, or maybe he You can't argue have, with Kanye. Well, maybe there's somebody that... Maybe there's somebody that can argue with him. Or tell no, him what I, to do. I've heard on the but, inside, no one argues. But so so let's say there is someone that argues, though. Yeah. Like, just let's, let's create Kim, this fucking... Kim. Let's just make let's make it probably argue, right? Like if you see his track record, right? If the fucking back to the orange tree, yeah. If you see that it it fucking produces, why would you argue? Totally, Mm -hmm. yeah. And and I don't understand. Why would he listen? You know, why would anybody? Why would he listen to somebody telling him something? Yeah, I don't understand why. uh, Why? Why that isn't so obvious? Well, mm. to to like all of our problems in the music industry. Is are really like this person changed because of an outside pressure, right? Well, you Very know, often. for me, I'm I'm right at the core of it, and we were discussing on the way in the perception in America of what I I do and and what, where I come from or what I am, and what you have to realize is the industry deals in one-dimensional caricatures. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, and they want to maintain that. So they can because sell it's a control. One sentence. It's, 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 a ser- yeah. it's a sales pitch. It's an elevator it's a pitch. Control, it's a yeah. control element again you mm-hmm. know it's like okay this is what you are this is your sell by date mm-hmm. next 
Mm-hmm. You know, and someone who's able to mutate in the way he is and is an interesting character, totally. regardless of what I personally think of mm-hmm. of the quality. And yeah. he will speak to millions. Not mm-hmm. yeah. The the thing I I don't like about underground music is it can be so self congratulatory totally. and patronising. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we used to play techno animal shows and work on techno animal records. And Techno Animal was the most obscure shit imaginable, but we wanted to play to thousands. Yeah. We were never interested in playing to uh, a, a, a room of back-slapping pseudo-intellectuals. Totally. You know? yeah, yeah. And for me, like I said recently in an interview that or online when I, I use the Facebook page as, as like a war reports after every show where I yeah. name and shame promoters, where I, <laughs> talk, where I talk about... the, the ha- like an, when I'm sitting in a hotel room, yeah. pumped with adrenaline, I don't do drugs or drink anymore. I just, I, how am I going to unwind? So I try and <laughs> understand the events of the evening and I write about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like there was a show in San Francisco a couple of nights ago. I'm still drink part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude, it's hard. But I was just, I was having, I was writing this war report about a show in San Francisco, and before we came on stage, there was like a room with mostly white dudes dressed in black with a lot of facial hair. Uh-huh. And I can't think of anything worse than seeing a room full of myself <laughs> in a room opposite me. You yeah. know? I come from a multicultural society. Don't go to Silver Lake over there. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. gets ugly. But the, I think, for me personally, it's just I want to be challenged and I like challenging because yeah. it, it keeps you fit mentally. Totally. You know? And I, th- mm. I think there's a lot about the industry that isn't about being challenging is about being basically conformist yeah. yeah and if you want to follow that trail of being force-fed bullshit yeah. and you're happy eating it then so be it i'm not i i, I like to, to to choose pick and choose yeah. you know and i think an industry is what it is whatever the industry in yeah. whatever area i wanted to yeah. talk to you about actually about dubstep because obviously you were kind of there mm. at, like when it's kind of gestating it didn't really come to america i don't think until like 08 09 like in stop it we were playing that shit alone in like, at like 08 nah you started bro. in what 07 we started in 06 and we were playing it within the okay. first year okay Call so end of 07 compa. all right one uh, edit was playing it yeah oh don't <laughs> talk about that so. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But uh, and but yeah, no. What was it like? You know, were you going to those kind of early kind of forward thing? Were you playing in yeah, those? Yeah, no, no, no. You know, I was always the freak mm-hmm. that everyone was like, "What the hell is this dude doing?" Yeah. In terms of how I play, yeah. mm-hmm. or my productions, or my choices, you know. But I was very fortunate that Code Nine interviewed me yeah. for Accelerator, just when pressure came out, uh, and he said, "Yo, there's a, a club you need to check out, which has just started called Forward." Yeah. Uh, I think you'll you'll dig some of the the sounds. Forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had a website first. I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, I put it right. started, right? Yeah, that, that's right. And and um, I want to check it out. And there was only about twenty people in the audience, and they were Mala, Loafer, Scream, Benga. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the audience. There was them and their girlfriends. That's and how that low in theory was at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. And for me, I, I I felt that these people were doing something related to what I had been doing. Totally. And I liked it. It was echoing my own instincts, you know. Yeah. And, and it was. It was pretty incredible because I'd been in London for Jungle, which was revolutionary in terms of musical composition yeah. and deconstruction and madness and, and contrast and contradiction. But for me to be in the middle of a scene and making music that was being heralded in that scene, it 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 gave me so many mixed feelings in response because mm. on one hand you've got Loafer and Code Nine playing Poison Dart or Skeng. Yeah, I'm going to the clubs because I'm digging the energy. Yeah, and obviously like anyone. My ego's going wild when I'm seeing a, a yeah. thousand people going mental to my, uh, one of my rhythms. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, hold on, I'm not feeling so comfortable with this because me and Code 9 were mostly at the back of the the rooms at dubstep parties saying, this is fucking boring, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, we're, let's go and listen to some grime, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's hope we're, we're standing there at forward waiting for Flow Down, Rico, God's Gift yeah. to, 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 to run down to forward, which they did quite like periodically. Yeah. They would just appear and just jump the rhythms. That's when shit got lively for Ooh. me. But still, you know, for me, any scene that had Burial, Mala, Loafer, Code 9, Shackleton... Yeah. It's such a wide... Uh, and the stuff in Bristol was amazing when Joker yeah, kind of yeah, came yeah, in. Yeah, Joker. Jammy and Guido. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And any scene that can somehow allow for such a wide variation yeah. is, is, is a positive thing. But it was just to see something blow up so fast and then be totally corrupted in America and then suddenly become untouchable yeah. in, in such a rapid amount of time. It was wild. Because it was like an internet... For me, it was the first internet 
music, like totally. music form music. being like gobbled up and spat out. Yeah, and know? now it's so fast. But that but yeah. dubstep is like gestated for a few years, so yeah, I think it had yeah, a moment. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, man. Once once a, the bros get a hold of your music, mm. it was it was the bros, Skrillex was pretty instrumental. Once they got, on that. once you know, once the dudes that only wear tank tops yeah, yeah, yeah. and go to motherfucking <laughs> like the multicolored tank tops, and they yeah, the spring break and the dudes <laughs> that like drink cheap beer. Once they get a hold of your shit, yeah, it's yeah. Done, if you see them playing your music change your sound once it gets to Coachella it's over yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. not so much Coachella like Coachella still the bros has... will find it at Coachella I guess it becomes bro- Coachella no the bros found Coachella yeah the bro when the bros found Coachella I was so upset because <laughs> yeah. I was going like from like 02 yeah. I was like really into it and then the bros found, I was like oh man yeah, yeah but you know it's funny because I uh, Justin from Godflesh who are a metal band mm-hmm. I worked with uh, he also formed Napalm Death mm-hmm. um he talked about how uncomfortable he was with the masculinity of metal, even yeah, though his stuff is seen as brutally metal, mm-hmm. you know, and all all the, the, the flowery parts removed, yeah. you know. And for me, I feel the same about music that I'm involved in. I don't feel it is about machismo. I feel mm-hmm. it's about vulnerability and fragility mm-hmm. as much uh, as intensity, you Definitely. know. And for me personally, the last London show we played, um, it was really... For me, mission accomplished. The, f- the the front row there was Jamaican gals brucking out. I need yeah. back of the In party. Back back the party there was like metalheads with beards head banging. Then you see like hip hop dudes with their gals on one side, and then you see moody dubstep people with hats down. Yeah. And this was my audience, and this is like, well, this is me, yeah. really. You know, mm-hmm. this is totally. this is my life in London, and it felt really good. Whereas if I go to some dubstep party in, mm-hmm. I'm booked to do a dubstep party. I don't know whichever country, and it's just all white dudes getting nasty it's just like that's not really and it's, hey, it's, it's, that's it's, it's, the tagline for dubstep i'm sorry you know, it's just, white yeah. dudes getting nasty yeah, yeah. that's well, how do you, what's dubstep it's, it's, it's white like, dudes getting nasty yeah. it, well it's like when i heard turned down for what i was like oh little john figured out how to make crunk for white people right. <laughs> like, and it, but it's not it's not about cultural like like dilettante style yeah. you know it's just that i lived in london 23 years my yeah. neighbors were jamaican turkish totally. Uh, Bengali, Pakistani, you know, and it's just I enjoyed the vibrant vibrancy totally. of that, you know, and for me to suddenly just have a certain one-dimensional type of person, it's what you were talking about earlier with hip hop. For me, it's like the first forms of any music is when the big bang happens. Mm-hmm. It's the big explosion of ideas where no one's been self-conscious. Manga and I were talking about it a couple of days ago with grime. You know, the the, the new wave of grime MCs and grime producers a cannibalizing a form yeah. instead of like being inspired by lots of different areas and, and finding out what yeah. it is that makes you what you are these are people that are just going in again and again on, on, on a form that's already been there yeah. or it's like how yeah, trap yeah. how like trap is but you know what I mean yeah. like, the, bri- like yeah. the, the white trap I think if someone called it but uh, I think Burn One called it white welcome to the white trap he called it white trap yeah. where you know it's like so weird where it's like oh so you heard like Lex Luger or like two so yeah. you know and whoever mm. in the south or toomp or you know drummer mm-hmm. boy and then you're just gonna make beats with an 808 and mm-hmm. call a trap and yeah holy this whole i was gonna say this whole podcast is us talking shit about, <laughs> shit is about just, white people no not about white people because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my favorite thing to do about as a self-loving how, white person about how things go from pure to just fucking get corrupted <laughs> I, I yeah. thought, yeah, yeah. So and, and, and then how the fuck? Oh, I love that song, by the way. But, uh, but and how? But so, me noticing that mid podcast, what like what did you do? Because you have a fucking extensive career. Mm. Did you do anything on purpose to stay like pure, stay holy, stay like you know fucking well, fiery? Had, you know, you've got like saying? eight projects, so it's like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I think reinventing yourself mm-hmm. on a continual basis is crucial for it. Mm-hmm. And just staying, I'm, I'm every bit as passionate, more so now. Mm-hmm. People are bored, like my friends are bored. That every, if I don't see them for a year or two years, the first thing I say is, what you've been checking? Yeah, you know, yeah, what are you yeah. listening to? You know, and I still feel that bit, hung, that hunger's still there, that appetite. I still, music changed my life, full stop. Yeah. It's one of the few things I have faith in. Yeah. And for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, well... If, if 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 you're you're inspired in that manner, you're never going to go tired of it, you mm. know. And for me, that's the the danger right now is music's been relegated to to a secondary role in people's lives, mm. you know. Yeah. I think the way it's been listened to, the 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 download for free entity, 
all all conspires to make music just feel like any other um, accessory to your life. Yeah. Whereas for me, music was primary to my life and yeah, still yeah. is. And I still I still want to have my head blown and my body broken by by, by the most incredible new music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's 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 what. I, I aspire to, even if I never get there. And it's important to aspire for, for something that you may never get to as opposed to go for an easy option. So yeah, that's like that's actually it. the best. Like, that's yeah. like the, I mean, I think as you get older, that's like one of those things because it becomes more infrequent, I think, like mm. when you see something that really like blows your mind. Like yeah. for me now, it used to happen when I was a kid, like, you know, once a month or you'd go to a show or something or every couple months. Now it's like maybe once a year I'll see something that's like, who I've never seen before, and it blows my mind, but it's... Yeah, but it's like I was saying outside, you know, like, Manga plays me Bobby Schmurder. Totally. As I said, yeah. I, I didn't hear it, because I was going through a lot of personal shit. I was in a hospital for six weeks when it came out, and I, it was unfathomable to me when he played it that I hadn't heard it, because it's the sort of rhythm that I'm going to lap up yeah. instantly, you know? It's so stoned naturally as a rhythm, yeah. and it's so, like, psychedelic in its spaciousness and melody, mm. and then you've got this... This kid just going yeah. ape shit on top, and then I, manga tells me he's like like basically initiated a dance, yeah. and there's nothing I love more than that night yeah. at the show, just it was pre-show in San Francisco. I'm playing this track twenty times <laughs> in a row, boring manga shitless, who's just introduced me to it. Yeah. I then put it up online, and then basically people are posting online an Adonia version of it or a Junior Reed version of it or the original Junior Banks that it came from. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel alive. It makes yeah. me feel like, wow, yeah, jaw, floor, happy. Yeah. You know? I think always like the most, some of the most interesting music usually comes from kids because they don't know what rules to break. They just yeah, break exactly. every rule. That's what yeah. grime was about. Yeah. For me, I remember the first, like, the first grime track I heard properly was I Love You by Dizzy Rasso. Ah. And I was just like, I love you. this is insane. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is this? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, a lot of people seek comfort through 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 um, recognition. I, I I feel more comfortable through alienation, you know, and just yeah. not knowing what the hell something's about because it makes me want to know more. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first bought the Wire magazine years ago, I was like, this is a, a whole new world for me. When I first totally. heard Yo Bum Rush's show, mm -hmm. I had a headache. I didn't understand a word of cultural reference that Chuck D was talking about. But I wanted to know. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, this is incredible. What mm. the hell does all this mean? It's like s someone throwing you a whole, a whole like bag of signals and you don't know how to comprehend them. But there's the joy of just like grabbing in the air and seeing how you can put them together into some new jigsaw in your brain, totally. you know. And for me, that's constant. I always want that, you know. And I, I think it's, it goes in cycles. It's easy, and, and as you, I think you both said earlier in the interview, it, it's easy to become jaded and just say, you know, it's all been done before. Oh, I've heard that before. I've heard this before. What the fuck? This is boring. Music's boring. Hey, why'd you put holiday. in your bro voice when you said that, though? But yeah, yeah. He, but it, he got me. real yeah. real love, boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but I just credit. hear my, my friends are talking like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just like, this is boring. I don't want to hear people being cynical. Yeah. I would. It's like the, the, a movie I saw recently, which is one of, the, like, one of the greatest movies I've seen recently, is a dude who's about 80-year-old, Japanese talking yeah. about making sushi. It's oh. called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ate at that at his son's restaurant. No way. Yeah, dude. Hey. No way. $120. Best $120 I spent <laughs> in my life. And they bring the sushi out and they I think you get 14 pieces. And just the concept behind what they do for the pieces, like and what it was supposed to do to your palate, like that's how an album should be made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but you know. for me, it's like this is an eight-year-old man talking with passion about making sushi i'm a vegetarian i hate fish <laughs> like, i hate the idea of eating fish you know it's it's like but i'm just besotted by this movie because it's all about cultural like it's a cultural snapshot yeah. of, of of obsession mm -hmm. you know and for me it's like this movie is a slow moving movie about something that i have no interest in whatsoever eating fish mm -hmm. but yeah it was one of the most amazing films because it what it it, it really did was just show you you know what doesn't matter about age, culture, whatever, sex. Mm. You ha can have passion and continue to treat every day as if it could be your last and every moment as if it could be your best, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and you that's what's purpose. crucial. 
yeah, you exactly. have purpose. Exactly. Because you have passion. You know, that like you were saying, this, this interview's turned into sort of hateful dissing on the. That's well, I just, not I just that said me. that just that's to. The, no, because all of us do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're hating. Why are we hating? Let's fucking no, have a reason no, to hate and no. bring it, you know. It's a bit like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, you were saying, I like balance. I like imbalance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like alternating from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. I like maximum beauty and supremely ugly. Well, it's like you King know? might have sounded on the bug are like yeah. kind of polar opposites so, in a way. Well, they were, but that's got a bit blurred. Yeah, yeah, indeed. 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 Yeah. And actually, for me, when I started King Midas Sound, it was because I felt that I was being hemmed in and being perceived as some, like, thug music uh-huh. producer. Yeah. And for me, I, apart from personal stress, I wanted to make music that surprised people and surprised myself and challenged me yeah. and challenged an audience. And that's why King Midas Sound, well, one of the reasons King Midas Sound came into being. So, uh, you know, I think we, we're about to wrap up and I know you're going to show a little bit, but... um. I was going to say, so you has, you know, it's kind of a generic question, but has moving to Berlin kind of changed your approach to making music, you think, at all, or has the city kind of affected, you know... It's hella musicians in Berlin. Everybody moves, moves yeah, to Berlin. Yeah, it's a music You're city. You're not exactly making you a You know, I, I, I chose it because yeah. it's a music yeah. city. That was very much part of my, 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 my option mm-hmm. process. And, and also, um, I felt there was something missing musically in the city that mm. I want to try and push, you know, which is it's... Um, I've brought my own sound system, a reggae sound system, to mm. Berlin. You know, I want to do the Acid Raga stuff live with, with 303s, 808s, modular synths, and dancehall MCs. And that doesn't exist there. Mm. So I like the idea of trying to start something fresh. I remember that um, reading pieces about Underground Resistance and Jeff Mills mm. going to uh, Berlin before their music meant anything to anyone in America or anywhere else in the world, and reading that they used to play parties in cellars with oversized sound systems and just one strobe light. And I was thinking, wow, that's what Berlin needs now, you know, and it just needs that attitude. Mm. And for me, generally, it's, it, Berlin is a 24-hour city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's a bit monocultural, you know, uh, the, the, the best areas are the Turkish areas of, of Berlin. But at the same time, it's changing, and it's changing fast. Unfortunately, I think maybe in five, ten years' time, it's going to go down the same route as London and New York and, like, the curse of luxury apartments, mm-hmm. gentrification, pacification, like... Yeah. Except but you can get some nice Reeboks there and shit. You know? Yeah, can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, Berlin's cool. You know, it, I, I, I've got no complaints right now. I don't regret having mi- mi- moved from London whatsoever. Um, and I have enough madness on road. If it's madness, I'm yeah. out. What are you up to uh, for you know, brother What are you up to for the next, you know, few months? Are you obviously touring now? Mm. And when does the tour go through? And kind of when? Uh, you know, what are you planning in the new year? Uh, this this tour of the states and Canada finishes in about two weeks time. Uh-huh. Um, there's a whole slew of shows coming in on the back of the new album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many avenues that I could go down right now. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me, I'd like to do a collaborative album with Grouper, mm-hmm. Liz Harris, oh, yeah. who's on my album. She's amazing. Uh, who's astonishing, and she's just a, a, appeared at the first show with me in Poland. Oh wow! Uh, also, I'd like to do a series continuing of one-offs, as I've done with Earth. Uh-huh. with other metal bands. Mm-hmm. I don't like metal. I want to like metal. Mm-hmm. And there's elements of metal I love. <laughs> I'm but learning that metal is dope as fuck, and a metal drummer can play anything, and a metal bassist is, yeah. is good. Like, yeah, well, a lot of the metal bassists that I like, mm-hmm. it turns out, are all huge reggae fans anyway. Mm-hmm. So you start feeling there's patterns going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to work on that, and the, I want to do the, the next album will be an Acid Ragger album. You know, because cool. I feel that's unfinished business, and and I very specifically left the whole ragga dancehall element off Angels and Devils because I knew I was going to be going in heavy on it, and because at the moment personally I feel that there's Jamaican music's always given me like maximum inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. Jamaica as as a country so small to have had such a, a seismic impact on the rest of the world yeah. is astonishing, and yet in the last three, four, five years I'm not hearing much that that's turning me on coming out of Jamaica. And yeah. my ethos is always, if I can't hear it anywhere else, I'm going to try and do it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, uh, that's that's not belittling a country and saying I'm better than a country. It's just, yeah. I'm hungry for music. Yeah. I'm still addicted to buying seven-inch singles. Yeah. You know, I still want to hear, like, the new Cutty Ranks, the new Brew Bantons. You know, I, I want I think, it, yeah. I, I think, like, there was, a, there was a dude that I was a, a fan of named Chris Martins, and this is when the urban contemporary thing was a thing. So like I said before, there was Miguel, Frank Ocean, The Weeknd. Jamaica also had its own version of that that yeah, existed, you know. But like I remember in the '90s, like my mom's like she had all the dance hall records, you know. Mm-mm-mm. And like 
that shit was like a part that shit was a part of hip hop. But I feel like maybe Americans or just people just got more close minded or something because or maybe he just didn't have enough money or labels mm-hmm. didn't, didn't care to reach out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck. Well, there were a was. lot of reggae and rap collaborations, like Bounty Killer, Junior but, Reed. But like, by, I mean, that the reggae and rap Shabba collab- Ranks. The re- reggae and rap co- collaborations came Sh- because Shabba all yeah. because every <laughs> yeah he's on the remix. Those records were being played by themselves, like like yeah. this like Caribbean. In LA, there's Belizeans, there's Jamaicans, totally. there's Trinidadians, and like you know, you live next door to them. They have their pop parties. You'd be introduced to the music. That shit was actually already popping in the hood, you know. But like, and that that shit is still popping in Inglewood. There's hella fucking you know uh, Belizeans and uh, Jamaicans and all that. But this one artist couldn't break over here. Yeah, but he's, he has an American accent. That's true. Yeah, you know, but like Touché. I think people and for this, the same problem mm. that yeah, like I, I why totally why Skepta hasn't blown blown up yeah, over here. I understand totally. It's because it's I a little bit find, of I find America, yeah, exactly. I find America quite protectionist. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it for me, America's the new Roman Empire. You mm-hmm. know, and it, it, and there's this mm-hmm. this surrounding. Nothing mm-hmm. is as good as what's in America from a lot of Americans that come to Europe. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think there's that that, that self defense. Where's the Burger method. King? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where can I get a chicken parmesan <laughs> in an Indian restaurant? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like um, for me, it, it, grime, for instance. It's interesting that now that Danny Brown is talking about grime. Yeah. As, as one example. Yeah, he's just know, tweeting about how excited that, he was yeah, to meet yeah, Wiley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you, you guys talking about it. It's it's it, it's. The struggle's in, important for any any music form, and I think maybe American hip hop's become complacent, you know. And I, th- I think culturally, America, it's fragmented, yeah, not yeah. complacent. I think it's fragmented because there yeah. are there's progressive parts, yeah. but imagine like, you know, imagine you have to feeling, dig really deep. Ima- imagine feeling no connection, being an underground artist, feeling no connection with guys that share, share your same struggle on the other side of the country or, mm. in, in, or in another city. But I guess that's the thing. America's like 20 countries in one, yeah. isn't it? 50. Like, tr- do, 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 United do, countries of America. <laughs> Disunited, yeah. yeah. But for me, it's like coming over here, that's what the beauty of this tour, much as we're not seeing shit, really. My, yeah. my tour is air, airport, hotel, venue, airport, hotel, yeah. venue. Mm. But even the fragments you see of places you visit, you re- I realize now... Because of course you pick up on it culturally through TV, whatever. Yeah. Just how disparate a country America is, you know. It's yeah. I, I can now. It's it's much more obvious when you travel the way we do when touring. Yeah. Why hip hop scenes are so different across the whole of the United States, you yeah. know. Of course, it, radically different, and that doesn't exist so much in the UK, you know, because it's small. It's yeah. Just, that's sort of that obvious, really. Yeah. But yeah, touring's a blast, and there's more to come. <laughs> Thanks for, Thanks for, come. All right, this is yeah. Shots Fired. Yeah, Jeff Weiss, yeah, yeah. No Can Do, and the motherfucking bug. I did not see the guy, but I heard Shots Fired, and I feel the cops flying in.